0: Welcome to Speaking of Strong Style, where we discuss the news, issues, and events surrounding New Japan Pro Wrestling. We are back. I'm Stephen Conway. With me again, Jeremy Finestone. We're contributors to the Fight Game Media Network. And we are back with New Japan action again. A little bit of a quiet January in some senses, but we're back with the uh, road to a New Beginning and a couple of New Beginning shows in Sapporo, Jeremy. And I hope you enjoyed them as much as I did. I watched these two shows and had a, a terrific time. There was some really good stuff. And did you enjoy it as much as I did?
1: Dude, I had people telling me about these shows before I ever had a chance to catch it. It uh, it, it caught me on my work schedule, so uh, I wasn't mm-hmm. able to watch it live. But I was having people like literally reaching out to me like, to, wow, these shows are really good. And I was like, mm-hmm. hot damn, these like, <laughs> must be something. And then I sat down and watched it. And I'm like, yeah, the, the, these shows are, are fire. These are really good shows.
0: Yeah, and we have uh, two to talk about. We're going to go over each one of them and then get into this big time Osaka show uh, coming up. And this one's uh, a monster. This is really a loaded card they have coming up on the 11th. So we're going to preview that. Also, going to talk about Kota Ibushi. Uh, have news about him. We have Fantastica Mania coming up. There's some news about New Japan Strong in Los Angeles we're going to get into. So lots to talk about as always. But we wanted to start with these shows in uh, Hokkaido, part of the, the, the Sapporo area. And uh, these were two shows they had uh, ran back to back in the same building and drew pretty well each night. And uh, yeah, we're just going to go through them. So uh, the first one was on the fourth there in front of 3,073 people. And the, the main event of this one, which we're going to get to here in, in a while, was uh, Tetsuya Naito and Shota Umino. Jeremy, I thought, and then the next night, it was Hiromu Takahashi and Yo for the junior heavyweight title. thought it was intriguing that New Japan is putting a couple of people in main event spots that maybe they wouldn't have not too long ago. I mean, Shota Umino certainly is just back from
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, excursion, so he's not somebody that would have been in the main event mix, say, a year ago. But I also think if he went back a year and said that Yo was going to be in the main event of a new beginning show, and it was going to work out as well as it did, I think we'd have been very pleasantly surprised. So New Japan showing a little bit of faith in some, in putting some people on of course, Romo Takahashi and Tetsuya Naito were in there. So you know they had a little bit of a security blanket there with some of their biggest stars, but nevertheless, Yo, Shoto
1: Umino main event, and it didn't feel out of place to me. The card order has been really curious and fresh. You know, like uh, you had the you had the Will Osprey and Taiichi match like third from the top of the card, I think that mm-hmm. night. Maybe second. Mm-hmm. Um, they had the title match, the junior heavyweight tag match, which blew everything out of the water. I felt mm-hmm. like that night it was it was like machine gun fire wrestling that just lit me up and got me excited for the rest of the night that night. But yeah, it was just everything feels fresh everything feels like the cheering is back you know like there's a healthy roster the directions just kind of seem intriguing if not outright you know it's not predictable and it's not unpredictable but it's but it's entertaining like it's keeping your interest with these matchups and you know we're just it feels like springtime in New Japan, the yeah. new beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, it, and it
0: does feel like that we're seeing. So we're even seeing a young lion get a mini push. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. The Kosei Fujita is, and it's a mini push. You know, they're being careful with it, and they're, they're taking it one step at a time. But we are seeing uh, some new faces toward the top and, and in the mix, which is uh, very pleasant to see. So, uh, in fact, there was a young lion, of course, to start off this one, Oscar Loibe <laughs> and Great Okan. Great Okan beat him. Uh, you know, Loy Bay has good fire. It's very early in his career, but, uh, you know, Great O'Conn, obviously this is going to be, you know, a win for O'Con, and, and it and it exactly was. It, it, you know, he can't do tags at the moment. Jeff Cobb and Aaron Hanare not there. Aaron Hanare was in uh, Australia doing the Tamashi uh, shows. But uh, Okan getting a win here. And, and Loy Bay, too early to tell exactly what he's got, but uh, no bad sign so far.
1: I, uh... I thought this was the best singles match I've ever seen way they have. I think mm-hmm. Okan did a lot of heavy lifting, but mm-hmm. there was something in his, in his presentation tonight that I felt like I hadn't seen before, uh, mm-hmm. like a hunger, a fire, whatever you want to call it. Like it, it was very encouraging. And, yeah. uh, a lot of attention has been put on Oleg Bolton, you know, recently because of his, uh, presentation at wrestle kingdom but don't sleep on this guy oscar Webe is there's potential there and i feel like there's soon going to be gaps in the roster that uh he would fit in very well so i'll leave it (laughs) at that fair (laughs) enough
0: so after that we went into a six-man tag which is really to set up For Osaka, and it was kind of a two-night story they did in uh, Sapporo, which was interesting to watch. Minoru Suzuki, El Desperado, Ren Narita, and Ryohei O'Iwa on this night uh, face the House of Torture. It's evil Yujiro Takahashi, Show, and the ill-fated Dick Togo. So uh, in this one, it was, uh, you know, Bullet Club are claiming that they have nothing left to prove, Jeremy. They have no reason to even bring the belts to the arena anymore. They're retiring the never-open-weight six-man titles. Never again will anyone approach them, uh, which you know is just screaming out that a title match is coming soon, of course. <laughs> and uh, but the intrigue came with Ren Narita and Minoru Suzuki's interactions. Narita remembering. Uh, probably having ptsd from the way uh he was treated by minoru suzuki as a young lion in storyline not wanting to uh trust the uh new babyface, uh, cuddly version of uh, minoru suzuki as cuddly as a cactus gets anyway and uh wasn't trusting him didn't even want to tag out to him uh and so there was all this little tension on the babyface side uh Suzuki had a, I enjoyed this where he, for some reason, he just got (laughs) sick and tired of the house of tortures cheating and just flipped out at ringside, throwing chairs around, kicking things, just going and just, just being Suzuki. And uh, you could tell he's enjoying this, this process here. He's, he's having fun with this story, but uh, in the end, uh, it was a win for the baby faces. They had, uh, they had uh, Narita tapping out uh, Togo in this case and uh, he and Suzuki starting to uh, build a little bit of mutual respect or wasn't quite there yet. You know, we're going to leave that carrot on the, leave that carrot uh, hanging in front of the fans for a little bit. What'd you think of this?
1: I, I've liked where this is going. And I think right at new year dash, you and I talked about exactly where this was going and we are headed predictably (laughs) to that direction. However, predictable does not mean unenjoyable predictable when done well makes you savor what's coming along they have spent every event in the road to new beginning and new year dash building this alliance slowly curating their relationship to trusting if you're watching the backstage stuff which i've been doing you know like they're really building it there as well so this feels like an earned payoff with these three and that's the core of this foursome you know they flipped out oyla the next night for I think Yudo Nakashita. That might be Nakashima. Yeah. Nakashima. And, uh, but the story's there. It's Narita, Desperado, and uh, Minoru Suzuki, the serious three amigos. It's (laughs) it's time for them to whip.
0: (laughs) It's interesting, too, because, of course, the entire point of this version of Ren Narita is that he is almost a uh, tribute act to uh, Katsuyori Shibata. He's behaving exactly like Shibata did, his mentor. And he's he's acting like him, wrestling like him, dressing like him, his hair's like him.
1: Calling him and the son of strong style. So. Son of yeah. strong
0: style. Yeah. And when Shibata returned to New Japan after Time Away, there were several big matches and storylines where Hiroshi Tanahashi and uh, Shinsuke Nakamura resented him for leaving you know during the tough times when new japan wasn't drawing well he left and you know there and there were this is storyline there there were a lot of reasons why shibata left for a while and then came back but the whole thing about that return storyline was that they were all eyeing him very warily and he had to earn his way back in shibata being shibata never begged or asked for anything he just had those matches and they were hard-hitting great matches and in the end they begrudgingly respected him and brought him back it mm-hmm. was Hirooki goto who agreed to team with shibata because they had a relationship going back before they were even in professional wrestling they were uh, either rivals or they went to the they were teammates in, in amateur wrestling all that stuff
1: frenemies
0: frenemies very deep story that went a long time I and mean, it's you know shibata's return uh, took a while for him to be storyline accepted back into the fold so narita not trusting anybody being wary of everyone uh, fits that mold as well because again he, you know shibata never went up to say you know please accept me back that's not shibata you know, he just fought his way back in. And now Narita is fighting his way through House of Torture. And uh, he and Suzuki are earning each other's respect. So it's, it's a story that can help bring out that side of Narita, saying that this really is a Shibata type who is going to confront all of these things head on. it's going to take a lot to get him to respect anybody because, you know, he considers himself uh, the, the the toughest. So it, it's it's been entertaining and it continued on the next night, which we'll get to later.
1: The thing that I the thing that I do like is that they are treating Red Narita as an equal that they think will help them accomplish their goal rather than the kid that they're bringing along because they think yes. they can teach them something. Uh, yeah. there, there's a presentation there, and uh, it, it's very casual. It's very subtle, but it, it's smartly done in a way that Narita, Narita is one of the boys, as it will, as opposed to getting initiated. Like they're, they're trying to talk him into this because they think that like he can add something to what they're all doing. Like they can all help each other rather than like, come with me and I will, I will show you the way, which is, you know, the mentor-student relationship. This isn't that.
0: It's a great contrast to that mentor-student relationship, which we are seeing in another storyline mm-hmm. that involves the next match on the card. It was TMDK, Zack Sabre Jr., and... Mike Nichols, Shane Haste, and Kosei Fujita, who is playing the role of that young lion brought into the fold that you just mentioned right there, that, that mm-hmm. Narita's not doing. It's, and so you have these two different things going on. And they defeated uh, the uh, group uh, from Chaos. That's Goto, Ishii, Yoshihashi, and Yudo Nakashima in the next match. 11 minutes, 28 seconds. It was very good. It's all preview stuff, right? Because Bishamon, uh, Goto, and Yoshihashi... Uh, We're going to defend the IWGP tag team titles against Nichols and Haste. Ishii, part of this match, is going to be facing Zack Sabre Jr. for the TV title the next night. Mm -hmm. And uh, then he had the Nakashima-Fujita one young lion in a faction, one not. So there's all these little dynamics going on across the ring from one another. Uh, Zach is still teaching Fujita how to put on holds during the match in the ring, which I always find entertaining. I, I always think that's fun. And in the end, Fujita continued his mini-push. He tapped out Nakashima. Now, he's not beating main roster guys. He's he's beating young Lions. But they're making a point to lift Fujita up, partly to push TMDK, partly to just show that Zack Sabre Jr.'s advice works uh, and to put over Zack's technical ability and know-how that he's teaching this young Lion and helping his career progress. Uh, entertaining match, but really this one was to set up things to come the next night.
1: He's still a young lion, but he's like a tier above, like a normal young lion. Like he, he's he's like a young lion with exclusive club perks. As <laughs> well, cool. uh, no, you pretty much covered the most of it. This is all just build up and getting ready to the, the next stuff. Just kind of like what they were doing with the next match. Go for it.
0: Hiroshi Tanahashi, Tamatonga, Hikuleo, and Master Wato uh, face the Bullet Club. That's Jay White, Kenta, Taiji Ishimori, and El Fantasmo. Again, these are basically four singles matches that were thrown in with baby faces on one side of a tag, heels on the other side of the tag. Good preview work, uh, very crisp. You know, they, they understood that now is not the time to pull out all the stops. One thing I noticed, Jay White working very hard to put over Hickaleo's strength. And anytime hikaleo hits him, lifts him, or anything, Jay oh. sells the living hell out of it. Um, Bro, Jay w- is
1: doing double
0: the work to build that match. <laughs> he's, you can tell it means something to him, and I think, uh, and I think I understand. I think I put together. why. hey, uh, Watto hits a, a bridge and a roll up on Ishimori, and the idea, and for the pin, by the way, uh, Watto beat Ishimori. The idea here is that Ishimori can't quite get past this guy; he's a little pest. He's just a little he, it seems like every time he thinks he's got him he gets rolled up and pinned by him. It's annoying living hell out of Taiji
1: Ishimori. Just can't quite put him away. He's still got a winning record against him <laughs> two yeah. and one, but you know it's not it's not the dominant gotcha record that you want to think yeah. it is and it pisses him off. And it'd be great little story. Yeah, a great little story.
0: up next we had LiJ. Uh, they uh, were in there with uh, this, this uh, group was Takagi, uh, Sanada, Hiromu Takahashi and Bushi. And they defeated the uh, Chaos and uh, Hantai team of Kazuchika Okada, Toru Yano, Ryusuke Taguchi, and Yo. More previews here. Of course, Yo and Hiromu main eventing the following night. You have uh, you know, Shingo and, T- and Okada will main event in Osaka against each other for the IWGP World Heavyweight title. So there are a couple of layers here. The Okada Shingo stuff was terrific. And there's no doubt that that match is going to be wonderful. Those two guys work very well together. Can't wait for it. And uh, Yo and Hiromu brawled a little bit after. And Hiromu had some work to do, Jeremy. did need to convince some people that Yo was a threat. Uh, We've talked a little bit about how Yo does not lack in talent, but maybe in charisma. We felt that having Leo Rush as his partner helped because he could be the fire in that team right there. But uh, here he's solo. Uh, Leo Rush isn't here, and uh, Hiromu worked very hard here doing post match brawls with uh, yo, just to show that there's a little bit of heat. Of course, they're doing this thing where uh, Taguchi is giving him this book on how to de- instructions on how to defeat Hiromu. I don't think anyone takes that particularly seriously, <laughs> although they are having a little bit of fun with the prop itself the big, this giant notebook that he carries around with oh, this is how you beat the guy. But, uh, yeah, I, it's a matter of Hiromu just trying to make everyone think that Yo is a legitimate threat now. And they ended up having a match where a couple of times I thought maybe so, which we'll get to. But, uh, so yeah, a little preview work here, but I thought it was effective.
1: Yeah. I, I, again, you covered most of the main points. <laughs> I'm get, I get the distinct sense with Yo that it's a little bit like Show who, uh, there were some reports that he was just like kind of unhappy with his what he was doing and just kind of stagnating. And you know, if the same with the case with Yo. Well, he's got his opportunity, so he's he's doing the work to give people the idea that this is a credible, you know, main event junior heavyweight that uh, that they are trying to sell to us for chaos. Like he really should be on the the marquee if he is like the junior heavy singles. You know, like he needs to be presented and he needs to take that step. And right now it feels like he's doing the work because he certainly impressed the hell out of me on the last couple of nights. And you're right. Takahashi, you know, it's the champion again. He's got to be making all these guys look good. So if he's not, then maybe, you know, he needs to be going up to the heavyweight level himself. But so far, so good. Everything's working out well, but it's tough to watch out for.
0: We're going to talk about with the next match how important this is for Yo because he's he's in a bit of a perilous spot, I think, in uh, in a couple of ways. So up next, we had the uh, junior heavyweight tag team title match. You mentioned this thing earlier. Go out of your way to watch this one. What a terrific <laughs> match this okay. was. Uh, it was Francesco Akira and TJP, the champions from the United Empire faction, uh, taking on Kanemaru and Doki, who are with the Just Four Guys group with Takamichi Noko and Taiichi. This went 18 minutes and 24 seconds. It felt like five. It breezed through. And, uh, you know, it was the story of Kanemaru, who has been wrestling longer than Francesco Akira has been alive. My favorite little stat from that one. Uh, 26 years for Kanemaru, 24 years on the planet for uh, Francesco Akira. And he worked over TJP's knee and he had Jeremy... 20 different ways of working on that knee uh that's all using all of his experience right there and you know tjp uh was terrific in his selling in this match he really was and it was all to set up uh, i think akira and who stepped up and did some great stuff with doki in this uh talk to me about this one what you saw how it made you feel because this is a thriller
1: you know it really had a lot to do with just four guys elevating themselves to be contenders because this was a match a lot of people looked past uh frankly speaking uh yeah. they just they didn't think that uh these two guys were really uh doki and Yoshinobu were really going to present a threat and if you've been paying attention to uh New Year Dash and the Road to New Beginnings. You've been kind of noticing that Toki and Kendamoro have, have kind of, you know, they got a little bit of spring in their step. They're feeling motivated right now. Yeah. They uh they they have a fresh new gimmick, uh, to some extent. And, you know, they're they're making the best of it. I I was thinking that there were other matches that could potentially have upset uh written around them, but United Empire is so strong that I kind of Looked past these two as contenders that could win the titles and move forward. Um, with that said, it was a tremendous match. Uh, high speed, uh, Kanamaru with uh, the top rope. I think it was a senton. maybe it was a moonsault. I think it was a moonsault. Uh, but him, him pulling the baby face maneuvers, <laughs> Chef kiss, man. Like, they were okay. just there was just stuff that you didn't see in a new Japan match. And it gave you the impression that, you know, this is, these are fresh matchups, you know, the faces and the, and the, and the heels aren't who they used to be anymore. And yeah, you would get something like this in the uh, best of the super junior tag league or the super junior tag league. I believe we did have this match, but uh, this just, it just felt like a different gear, man. Just felt like a different, like higher level gear, they were all motivated to do something special, and uh, I feel like they did. Like kept kept it up from Wrestle Kingdom. These
0: two did meet in the junior heavyweight uh, tournament. They're the uh, the junior heavyweight uh, tag league, and that was the win for Doki and Konami Morrow, The upset that allowed uh, that allowed for someone else to win the uh, the whole thing. Akira and TJP they did manage to get the upset victory there, which led to this little mini push where Doki was getting a lot of uh, pinfalls, including several in multi man matches with Akira, just setting it up. That oh boy, he's, he's got his number. He's got his number. And then in the end, it was Francesco Akira that made the late rally to keep the titles because TJP's knee had been worked over so effectively that his knee collapsed during some of their big moves, the the catch two twos, uh, big moves. So just I think he story. came in
1: actually a little bit hurt, and they just kind of worked that whole uh, yeah. knee into the story, which was great. Yeah, it really
0: was good. And uh you know, in, in the end I anyone that watches the show, I've been banging the drum for Doki for a long time. I think the guy's really good. Uh part of it just hits me in the heart cuz he's a Lucha Libre guy and I enjoy Lucha, <laughs> but uh I, And I've been banging think... the drum for Catch 22. So the yeah. match
1: made in heaven. <laughs> it really was
0: and it really paid off. And I think we're going to be seeing more from Doki. I think you're starting to see that New Japan's believing in the guy a little bit they're starting to see some things in him too i don't think that's they're a body me. guy
1: if they're body guys they got to go after doki <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: i know he's got to get rid of that shirt man the guy's Woo. got too good of a build Woo. yeah i know it uh next one was a special match special singles match and it was will Ospreay and taiichi who did a very interesting thing here jeremy they just decided and it was noted by many people that they decided to do masawa versus kawada and Kawada, of course, is one of Taiichi's uh, mentors, heroes. And uh, Toshiaki Kawada and Mitsuharu Misawa, two of the four pillars of heaven from all Japan pro wrestling. And uh, and they had some of the greatest singles matches ever. I still think that there's uh, one clash between those two that is the best match I've ever seen. It was from 1994, went 35 minutes. And uh, I, I still believe it's the best match I've ever seen. And But they had a bunch of them, and all their matches were classics. And they just kept doing big moves from those matches in this one. I don't know if they've just been watching tapes or they just always wanted to do something like this, but there was a lot of it and it's a uh, very different from uh, a normal Will Ospreay match. Although he did toward the end of the match, 22 minutes, 47 seconds start to bring out things like os cutters and, and the, uh, you know, attempts at storm breakers and hidden blades and things, but, uh, totally worth mentioning here. Uh, Taichi blocked a super Os cutter, the one where he kind of bounces up to the top rope seemingly effortlessly. Uh, the man has springs where his legs are supposed to be. catches him, brought him into uh, what looked like a power bomb. Then Will tries to turn that into a hurricane rana. He blocks it and then drops Will right on his head. That was the key move from a Tokyo Dome match that Kawada and Masawa had. And it was this moment where they had built this up so beautiful, Jeremy. Where the, the Kawada's one of Kawada's big finishers is a power bomb. So then he would get Masawa with the power bomb. Then Masawa would turn it that power bomb into the Hurricane Rana. And then all of a sudden, now he was having trouble hitting his finisher because he had a counter for it. Well, this time he blocks the counter and dropped the guy in a sickening way on his head. And uh, that was in the dome, and it led to Kawada's first pinfall win in a singles match over masawa if you go back and watch that match i wish i could remember what year it was from like 96 or something 97 there were people literally just jumping up and down and dancing in the aisles for, for kawada to finally get that <laughs> win. he finally climbed that mountain uh and uh it was a very big special moment they brought it back for this match so uh props to them for for uh, the throwback there but uh, what did you think of this one as it really picked up? It was always good, but this thing really picked up the last couple minutes.
1: I thought it was picking up the whole time. Like they were yeah. just, they were wailing on each other from the get go. And they, uh, they deserved the night off the next night, which they didn't get. So <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say that. Um, Taichi has kind of had this dogged reputation that he doesn't work very hard in the ring. It has been true
0: for a long time. But you're it right. has it's not cool, been still true hanging for there. a
1: long time. Like yeah. he is just like when it's time for him to do his thing, he is he's doing it, man. Like he is great. And I I kind of thought when I was looking at this match, like you know, if they're looking up special uh, a time for Will to like lose before on his journey going into Wrestle Kingdom next year, and a time to really just give Taiichi a big win, this would have been it. Uh, in, a, in a lot of ways, like it would have just kind of put Taiichi as a threat, a next level threat, while helping with Will Osprey's story uh, artistically. Uh, you know, got to hit the bottom before you get back to the top, kind of thing. But they didn't. They they have kept Will strong. So, like, this is a blueprint for the rest of the year. Of, like, Will Osprey will rarely lose this year. He will exactly. rarely lose. And when he does, it's going to be a big deal or it's going to lead to another match. I I highly predict, it's going to be one of my like banner predictions of the year, that he's going to come close, but not all the way in the New Japan Cup. And that's going to be a feud for him for a little bit of a time. Like All the opportunities for him to get a title shot before the G1 will either have him foiled or lost in some way, shape, or form. And uh, yeah, that's going to be the journey for him is that, those, uh, those losses for him are going to be few and far between, but they will be cataclysmic when they are.
0: I'm very curious also to see what they're doing with Taiichi because he is very, very talented. And there's an interesting thing with him where because of his elaborate ring outfit, his entrance, his frilly type of look and personality, you know, he, it, it lends itself to what he does really well, which is actually those kind of... Bushido matches where you know you're doing hard kicks and chops and punches and because he has that kind of it's not flamboyant but extravagant type of uh, presentation to him Mm -hmm. it really hooks in and it connects when he portrays himself as digging down deep so yes. when he faces a guy like Ishii or a bruiser like Goto or something like this with Will where they're chopping the living hell out of each other and kicking the hell out of each other, it's a nice contrast. And Taichi does it very, very well where you see the guy like doing the silly lip syncing and he's walking out with a when, – when Miho Abe is there, she's a former Miss Universe pageant contestant for the love of God, just doesn't seem like a tough guy. That's part of the point. You know, he he pulls the the snap-away pants off and he's in his little trunks and – it's but when he digs down deep, it connects because it looks like a contrast. Okay, this guy is throwing all that stuff away and he's gonna fight, and so it's very effective for him. Just four guys, his post Suzuki Goon faction, which is made up of former Suzuki Goon guys, is not winning a lot of matches, and they went no. over these two nights in Sapporo. It's being mentioned in the post match comments. I wonder if there is something afoot where this is a temporary thing and that Taichi is eventually going to break away from this and say, okay, I have to reexamine everything here. And then we might be seeing Taichi 3.0 maybe this year. Uh, th- that's just a I thought th- from me because it seems to be a point that these yeah.
1: guys aren't winning much. I think, I think there's a lot of transitional stables right now, uh, factions. I think uh, a lot of stuff is in feud because I kind of think Ghetto didn't want to just shuffle everything at once between like five shows. You just say everybody's changing and like all of a sudden you, you have a thing like he's changing things gradually and giving people motivations and reasons why they're doing this, that, or the other. Um, They have talked about in the backstage uh, United Empire is probably going to add a stardom member to their uh, whole thing. So there is stuff afoot where, you know, we can start taking into account maybe stardom talent, other other companies um you got to think back to uh when Taiichi had the tag match with uh a, at the uh, historic x uh kind of the alignment between uh the stardom and uh the suzuki gun at the time maybe there's smoke to that fire maybe mm-hmm. maybe i don't remember who it was that he partnered with but there was a lot of alignment there it felt like the cooperation was more than just um just a match if it will uh, I
0: believe it was I believe he was with Tam Nakano and Natsupoy. I think that yeah. So
1: one. you know, if you start incorporating stardom to some of these factions, maybe maybe they're going to be filling out some of these factions with female talent instead. It could be, it could be something new. You know, it's yeah, like yeah. it's twenty twenty three, and they're they're just they're going for it. So right now, I think we're all in transitional phase with some of these things. Just four guys is not a marketable stable. It feels like something that you come up with on, on the cork board that okay, that's a placeholder for now. And I, just play placeholder. I, I'm with you.
0: Up next was the main event. This is a special singles match. Tetsuya Naito and Shota Umino. Now, Umino is getting a big push here. They are... Even doing things in preview tags, he's getting his own entrance instead of just coming out with his whole team. You know, he gets his own entrance where he walks through the crowd. He's doing the Bret Hart thing where he gives away something to a very young fan in the stands. I mean, they are all in on this dude as a babyface. I think he showed up in this match with Naito. I thought it was terrific. Yes, Naito beat him. And Naito's headlining the Tokyo Dome show with with Muto And so... I think he's going to be kept strong. Yes, I know that the Mudo match is not a New Japan show, but New Japan isn't going to send a weak guy in there, and they protect Naito anyway. So I don't have a problem with him winning this thing, and I I had a problem, or I did not have a problem with Naito winning, I mean, especially because they have the New Japan Cup, and I'm saying, right now, like I did two weeks ago, Shoto Amino is at least going to make the semifinals of the New Japan Cup. I have a very strong guy this. And I know that, that... You know, this match was worked kind of at a slow pace, but Naito's perfect for that because Naito works at a slow pace anyway. So this had a nice little main event style to it. They hit all the big moves, but the story was at first that Shota was in danger of being, as they say, run out of the gym, as uh, Kevin and Chris like to say on the commentary. And that they drew comparisons to a match, I guess, in 2012 between Naito and Keiji Muto where Naito was the young guy, the young upstart. He was still the stardust genius uh, Tetsuya Naito, which if you want to see something just kind of mind-boggling, go back and watch Naito from that era. It's like, wow, that's the same guy. Um, but he was not at the, le- was not booked at the level of Muto. The, the story of that match was that Naito wasn't ready for the challenge that he laid out, so he got run out of the gym and that was what they were threatening to do with Umino earlier, but then he just kept coming back and kept firing up. And he, and it was one of those things where he lost valiantly having pushed the guy as far as he could. And, uh, he did, there were, there were, it ended up being took two Destinos in there. You know, it, it they he had a death rider that was countered into, he just kept firing up. He did get the the death rider He tried it again, got it into a Destino for two, uh, there was a strange move they did. It took two tries, but he got him up into a DDT where Naito's knees were up on his hips, so he was a little more compact and dropped him on his head there. Uh, uh, please be careful doing that one in the future. Uh, Shota's got a flipping neckbreaker move that looks pretty good. So, uh, you know, is it his time? No, not yet. But I think Omino at least showed that he, can, that he is uh, on the way to playing in that league. That was my impression.
1: They have given Shota matches with Will Osprey and Tetsi Naito almost exclusively for the last four months. He has been given the cream of the crop to get brought up to speed. And, frankly speaking, it's shown. Like, he has, he has done the work and he has improved dramatically even from the time that he has returned from Excursion back in, what, October it was? Mm-hmm. With that said... I still think there's something missing with him and I think I think turning him heel might actually be the best thing for him. Uh, hmm. people are not people are not really ready to accept him as the young baby face right now and I can't put my finger on what it is. even well, still, when you watch him wrestle, he's wrestling aggressively like he's hungry to win, which makes me think that that is a better style for him to wrestle as a heel.
0: Well, and, and part of this is by design because keep in mind, Ghetto knows that he's not going to be cheered over Tetsuya Naito no matter what, he right? Is. Or Will, or Will, even for that matter. Yeah, you're right, and especially going forward now with Will on the 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 chase to get back to Kenny Omega, you know. it's so they have booked him with people that are going to, you know, they're making him earn it. You know, it's the whole thing. Right. They they didn't just set him up there with. With House of Torture or something. If if they had him feud with evil, then everyone would be on Shota's side. Ghetto knows that. Ghetto's yeah. the new Japan booker again. We want to make sure we say that for folks that aren't aware. And so th- they're doing something here where part of this story is that Umino has to win the fan. Hands over. They need another time. So uh, we will uh, head on uh, now to Okaido on uh, the next day, the, the 5th. And we're going to get through the, the undercard here pretty quick uh, because it was mostly just previews like we mentioned before. Sure. 3,316 and about 300 more people here the second night. First one was the United Empire uh, defeating the just four guys. So that was Osprey, Great Okan, Akira and TJP back in the ring. Uh, against uh, Taichi, Kanemaru, Doki, and Takamichi Of course, Takamichi uh took the loss there with Will Osprey. That was where they hinted at. Perhaps just four guys isn't going to be the long-term uh, thing. Mm. Then we had Minoru Suzuki, El Desperado, and Ren Narita with Nakashima this time taking on House of Torture. Uh, once again, this, one, this time, they, they, they went the next chapter here. Uh, there were no clashes between Suzuki and Narita. Uh, the uh, House of Torture had annoyed all of them enough that they were uh, finding common all ground. The same <laughs> yes, and uh, afterwards, Suzuki uh, offered the hand after Narita tapped out Yujiro Takahashi, which was important because now he had beaten one of the title holders, not Dick Togo. Uh, offered his hand, Narita took it, and took it with gusto. And so now these three are united. They want to face House of Torture. They want to f- uh, face them for the tag team titles, the never-open-weight six-man titles, and they were met with a resounding hell no from
1: from a house of for and
0: they just said, "No, we're not doing it. We're not doing it, we're doing it. Which means, which means what,
1: Jeremy? They're doing it. It's happening. <laughs> oh, this is happening. Right. And After- I'm excited for it. Uh, in yeah. all honesty, this is this is the blueprint that we said was happening from New Year Dash. That, like, okay, they're dusting off the the never open weight six man title. So, and this is uh, this is a great great feud to do it with.
0: I'm very curious about this, though, because... And they can have these titles go dormant for a while. They've basically done it with House of Torture. But Suzuki is going to tour the United States again. So he's going to be gone for a decent stretch at some point in 2023 and not too far from now. So uh, I'm curious to whether or not they're going to win this thing. Because if if he weren't doing the tour... And hitting all these dates in the U.S., I'd say, well, of course they're going to win the six-man tag team titles. But uh, I, now I kind of want it planted the seed of doubt. I still think they w- when should, is should the and tour? can. Yeah, let's see that. He just announced that he was doing it. He didn't really have dates on it. When I, that was just off his Instagram that I saw.
1: Right oh, now. interesting. You know, so, you during know. the New Japan Cup and those other guys got bounced out of the tournament, yeah. they could all, you know. Uh, that kind of makes me think that they're not going to win the title. But who knows? They can, they can well. dust them off and. You know, but if he's like, going
0: to be gone during Fantastica Mania and and if Suzuki's not working the New Japan Cup, then that could the you know, those titles those yeah those titles don't have to be right part of that you know that they don't have to be on the cards during all that so they, I mean it could it could happen they could there's still put a window of time,
1: time all the way through like April that those yeah. titles you know they can it could feud and then he can come to the state for the belt I don't know it feels like all the possibilities are open because. Yeah. You know, immediately discounting a, a talent with the title belt uh, coming to another promotion. You know, it happens more and more now. So it'd be cool mm-hmm. if it happens.
0: Bullet Club, Kenta and Taiji Ishimori defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi and Master Wato in match number three. This is a, another uh, preview there between two singles matches coming up. This time, Ishimori won by throwing Wato into the exposed turnbuckle. And those uh buckles tend to be exposed during the torture true. matches, and then he put the feet on the ropes on top of it. So, you know, part of the storyline there yes, he did get the win, but there's a hint of desperation to it that this uh I know, that watch was really under Ishimori's skin leading uh, up
1: to the uh leading up to the 11th special <laughs> <singles>. team <these> matches. <laughs> yeah,
0: Tamatanga, Hikaleo, speaking of one that's leading up to some big matches on the 11th, Tamatanga, Hikaleo, Woo. and Jado defeating Bullet Club, Jay White, El Fantasmo, and Gato, Jado tapping out Gato. Uh, which was uh, an interesting finish. I thought considering all the people involved in this <laughs> completely inconsequential to
1: any other finish going into the 11th. No, <laughs> I know.
0: I know. Uh, and we're going to talk about this going into the 11th. Interesting twist is that there have been words bandied about that. Uh, if Hikuleo has to go, Jado goes. And if Jay goes, ghetto has to go, That which is intriguing to me. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, again, Jay is just putting over Hikuleo every chance he gets. And, uh, and we'll talk about how we think that one's going to turn out. Mm-hmm. After the match, uh, El Fantasmo, who's challenging Tama for the uh, never open weight singles title, uh, clocked him with the belt there just to give that a little extra sauce going into it. But, uh, you know, ELP and Tama might not have the juice that some of the other matchups have on that uh, show. But uh, if ELP uh, cuts down on the comedy and just wrestles, then it's probably going to be really good.
1: I uh I have my thoughts about that whole how everything's gonna go past the 11th and we'll, we'll get past there, but this match didn't feel like a whole lot other than just
0: no.
1: hey show up for the 11th because we're gonna we're gonna answer all your questions then, and uh, they are they're doing their best to the to tease that El Fantasma is somewhat ready to uh, star scream his leadership role uh for Megatron. Uh if if that opportunity comes around, uh, I think that tease is deliberate, but I also think feel like it's kind of meant to throw you off the scent a little bit. So we shall see how that all goes.
0: The next one is another uh match that it was maybe not the of, of the most consequence. You had uh again previewing the main event next time, uh, Kazushi Okada, Toru Yano, Shoto Umino, and Ryusuke Taguchi against uh, Naito, Shingo Takagi, Sonata, and Bushi. Uh, Okada beat Sonata with the, the Rainmaker here, which I thought also thought was interesting. And, and we're going to get to that because in the post-match comments, Sonata was basically despondent. Uh, and he just saying that he's at a crossroads in his career that he hasn't felt before, Uh, I I think that's fascinating because, you know, we've talked a lot about how they seem to lack a little bit of focus for Shingo Takagi. You know, he's over here with the KOPW and he's over here in this match with Okada, but we don't expect him to win. And, um, and again, we, we joked about how well being lost in the main event isn't the worst problem in the world. Uh, Sonata seems really lost. He's just Mm -hmm. in these multi, he doesn't have a tag team partner right now, really a heavyweight tag team partner. He's, uh, he is a little bit lost in the in the mix right here. So uh, my thought on this one, Jeremy, is Sonata a new Japan Cup t- contender? Because usually when people reach their bottom and openly acknowledge that they're at their bottom, they're about to make a big run. Is this a guy that can make a run in the cup?
1: He can. He can. But okay. I have been snake bit by believing in Sonata in the past. If he was my he was my G one. He's going all the way. Uh, the year he lost Dakota Kota Ibushi. And yeah. I felt like that was that was indicative of his ceiling at New Japan. And uh, he was never going to be one of the top, top, top guys. So, I feel like this is, again, one of those gradual changes in the air, because there's a lot of dance partners at the top of LIJ. Um, a lot of main event talent, potentially, that is all kind of taking the same airspace with uh, shingo takage and, and naito and if you want to put sonata kind of in that like atmosphere as well like something's got to give man it already feels like it has to give in that faction as it is you know you got naito doing tokyo dome at uh for noah you know with keiji yeah. muto to just give him like that that prestige event that you know they all want and they got to make him happy somehow so they're like they're manufacturing opportunities for these guys to be on the top. So Kanata, if they're going to do something, it has to be drastic. It has to be evil house of torture, drastic, but done better.
0: Well, we'll see how that turns out. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, it does seem like they have something in mind because he's just being a little too demonstrative about being mm-hmm. unhappy with his recent performances. And again, that's all in character. So. Would you be okay. excited if Kanata won the new Japan cup? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's been Zach Saber Jr.'s event for the last couple mm-hmm. of years. And Zach, I think, is, you know, with the TV title, doesn't need it uh, the way he did before. Sonata might be exactly the kind of guy that could yeah. benefit from that push of running the gauntlet, having good matches against multiple opponents, and coming out of it on top. And uh, yeah, I, I think he's one of the guys that it could really help with uh, Shota being another one. But uh, yeah.
1: With kind of Nido getting a bunch of opportunities for the title and Takagi going to have opportunity for the title. And if you want to keep Will away from the title, there aren't a whole lot of other people in that upper echelon that you could put and really create credibility. So, you know, the more more you tell me about it, the more I'm feeling, yeah, maybe Hanada is the guy. Maybe so. Up
0: next, we had an IWGP tag team title match. Bishamon, Hiroki Goto, and Yoshihashi in their first defense after winning the titles from FTR at the Tokyo Dome. Facing TMDK, Mikey Nichols and Shane Haste. Not much chance of this one being anything but uh, terrific, and it was. I love this one. It was fast-paced. They worked hard, 15 minutes and 30 seconds, and you could tell that everybody was feeling their cardio. We're not going to worry about it. We're going to go quick. uh, and. (laughs) Uh, they uh, tried the uh, there were some really cool sequences in this one, like uh Bishamon trying the GTR, which was uh, reversed into a cutter on Godot off of Nichols shoulders for a near fall. That was fun to watch. Uh, Mikey Nichols hit a hell of a Mikey bomb for a very close uh, two count in this one. He was feeling it. Uh, you can tell that Shane Haste and Mikey Nichols knew that this was a, a, a big match for him. And they really did mm-hmm. a terrific lariat battle between uh, Nichols and. Uh, Yoshihashi, which uh, Nichols won, uh, you know, got the best of him when they were <laughs> clotheslining the hell out of each yep. other, and then he charged Yoshihashi to finish him off. Yoshi ducks, and he crashes right into a Hiroki Goto clothesline and loses his head. Sadly, uh, elevated GTR onto Nichols into the Shoto for the, which is their double team GTR for the win. Just four terrific wrestlers, two terrific teams. I had a great time for this one.
1: I'm going to say something that might break your heart. And I apologize in advance for saying it. Yes. I think, I think this was a better matchup for Bishamon than their match with FTR at the Wrestle Kingdom. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was. You're right. And, and And, it was given, and it was given a little bit more space, a little bit more space to breathe.
1: It, It had the opportunity. And when I say that I have to take into consideration all the different factors that come into play, the scheduling of the Wrestle Kingdom and the pacing and the timing of all the matches, they had time to breathe. They built da- it differently. And,
0: and, and you mentioned immediately, also, by the way, Dax was his body was beat to crap. Yeah. Like, a match, and Haston Nichols came in in prime shape.
1: But that's a good indicator to the quality of this match and the sure. and the caliber of what we're watching because a lot of people watch Wrestle Kingdom and not as many people are watching this show. So if you're watching it and you're like, hmm, but FTR is not on this, not wrestling this match, like, well, I got news for you. This is a better match than the one that you might have seen. Yeah,
0: it was really good, and and yeah. of course, it's a win for Bishamon. and and I know you felt that TMDK might win these titles right here. Yes, uh, I thought that they wouldn't load up TMDK with all the belts uh, like right away. And I Mm -hmm. I felt like Zach was going to defend against Ishii just because having establishing a new title and then having someone beat him for it in the first defense didn't seem like ghetto booking. Not that people wouldn't do that in, in some companies, but that doesn't feel like New Japan's style. So I felt like Zach was winning, which means he needed to give... Uh, chaos something here in, mm-hmm. in these two nights. So that was when I started to feel like this was going to be uh, a defense. And they showed sportsmanship afterwards, too, which I thought was was interesting, that TMDK uh, not going heel at all. You know, you, you almost uh, have – uh, you almost see a little bit of affection for Fujita. Bad really, of respect. Yeah, it, Zach's not being a bad guy. You know, it's 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 an interesting dynamic right there. So, uh, yeah, good stuff, and it led into the next match, which was the television title, the first one, the defense of Zach Sabre Junior against Ishii. What fun this was! I Ishii one of my favorite guys, just subjectively to watch. Uh, I just enjoy his style. I like the way he works. I like the way he sells. And Zach is the, you know, the best technical wrestler in the world. I think, Um, you know, Brian Danielson, certainly a contender over there. So if you, if you think it's Brian, I won't argue with you, (laughs) but for for me, uh, I I like Zach and a lot of technical wrestling early. And of course, Zach is wonderful at doing this and making the person he's working with look like he's on his level. The good news is Ishii damn near is. Already so, is. I would yeah. say he's already on that <laughs> Yeah. So there was a, some really interesting stuff here. The preview tags showed us, and we mentioned it on the show, that it's all about working Zach's arm. He's going to work the hell out of Zach's arm. And he did in this match. The first 10 minutes was Ishii just trying to wear down Zach's arm. Uh, even did a sliding clothesline to Zach's arm when he was uh, kind of bracing it, uh, bracing his weight on it, you know, putting his weight on his arm as he was trying to get up. Through the clothesline to the arm uh ishii tried in an octopus move which zach tried to get out of and they turned it into a destroyer which i was like what in the hell was that i did was not expecting an ishii destroyer out of this one uh, they did a couple of real good pinning scrambles uh, ishii tried to get his brain buster and uh zach rolled through it and they went into one of those little pinning scrambles where everybody's shoulders are down one after the other The genius of that, Jeremy, is that Zach wins a lot of his matches in those scrambles. So you buy it. You know, you Mm -hmm. think, oh, this could very well be the finish. And of course, you have the added dynamic of the clock 15 minute time limit. It's a TV title, short time limit. Coin flip. And you're very, very cognizant of the time on this one. What what did you think as you heard those time calls go 11, 12, 13? Did you think it was a draw or did you think we were going to get the finish we got?
1: I, I kind of figured we were going to get the finish that we got. I look at these two, and I'm like, if they have to hit a time cue, I'm not worried about these two hitting a time cue. And I guess it was 14 minutes and 38 seconds when the bell rang and yeah. the uh, and Matt hit three from the referee. So uh, they were doing a great job with the urgency towards that 15-minute mark. <laughs> but I was never really in doubt. Um, they just – it's too early to do the coin flip, you know, they really have to, if they're going to do it, they really need to sell it. And it really, it just, it needs to be a thing. It can't be Cavalier. It can't be trivial. It can't be in what his first title defense. Yeah. So I, just, and I think it, it I just, think, it, I didn't have it in me to believe it.
0: Yeah. I think the coin flip was only for the tournament because I think Chris Charlton mentioned no. if this thing does go to the time limit, it's, it's uh, the, the champion retains, I think, doesn't he?
1: I thought it was a coin flip. Uh, I think mm-hmm. they mentioned that mm-hmm. it was a coin flip. We're going to have to find that out. And we could going to have to grow on that later on. Could be me. But I I, I thought that the, the rules for this were coin flip decision if it ever hit 15. Uh, oh. But man, Scott Saber Jr. is a great pick to be the champion. Yeah. Uh, just these are these are going to be the best 15 minutes that you're going to watch. And they're it's already free on New Japan World. So they're yes. going to make it free on New Japan World and free on YouTube. If you want to watch the TV title championship, uh, currently you know defended by Rizabridgeer. Not all the matches, only the TV title defense.
0: The thing we mentioned about Zach being so good at making people look like they're on his level—that's going to come in very handy when some of the younger guys do start coming after this championship, mm-hmm. because he's going to make them look world-class which is exactly what they need even if they don't beat zach there's no shame in losing to zach new japan has established that that he's one of the top guys uh, he's now a faction leader it's 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 all good losing to zach does not hurt anyone but looking like you're on his level for 12 14 minutes That's going to help some of these younger people, uh, younger wrestlers, as they work their way up the ladder. He's an outstanding choice to hold this title. And when he does finally give it up to whoever that may be, it's going to be a, a real career opening win for them. It's going to be considered one of their first they're coming It'll out. Be a resume maker. Shows, but, resume yeah, maker. <laughs> yeah, It's just, it's just a really smart idea to have this guy uh, establish this championship as something worth uh, fighting Having for. Having a guy so. like
1: Ishii as is one of his first defenses yeah. really elevates the uh, elevate the title as well. If well, those guys. They, they went hard
0: <laughs> this is why we love New Japan because they think about stuff like that you know and uh, you know we're seeing some storylines in WWE right now that are absolutely on fire I'm not this isn't just saying that New Japan is the only good stuff out there AEW has strong stuff going and things but just that uh, that trust we have that they're thinking about this stuff and, and New Japan is one of the reasons why it's my personal favorite company and uh, going right now And uh, we weren't done. We had another match. And, boy, we had another half hour to go. And, man, it was fun. Hiromu Takahashi and Yo. Again, Hiromu Takahashi has his own show coming up. He's got his big junior heavyweight thing. So you go into this thinking, well, Yo's not going to win the title him. And you go into this thinking, well, Yo's not really a main event guy, even though Hiromu has been working hard to put him over as such. Well, then they go out there and have a wonderful 29-minute, 42-second match And these two really worked beautifully together. And going by what we said, where Yo needed to be established as a threat, they spent probably the first, what, 10, 12, maybe even 15 minutes of Yo working that knee and working the knee. And there was a long run of Yo just beating on Hiromu and beating on Hiromu so that when it picked up, and you know it's going to pick up after Mm -hmm. that 20-minute mark or so, and they start kicking it into that extra gear, you really felt that my God, you know what? Yo actually has a chance in this thing. <laughs> and at 25 minutes, y- y- Hirohama was portraying this thing like he was barely holding on. He had taken an Ushirooshi and a German suplex for a near fall. He was barely getting up on his feet. Then they started going for the big stuff: the direct drives, the time bombs, and things. So, uh, tell tell us what you thought about this one, and if Yo uh, stepped up as much as you think, I, as much as I think he did.
1: I absolutely think that Yo stepped up. Um, I do think that when Leo Rush is healthy, we're going to have a kind of a three-way dance around the title and a feud between Yo and Leo Rush uh, down the line. And this uh, this match made it clear to me and hopefully to everyone else that uh, Yo really does belong in that main event scene for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Hiromu Takahashi is the best guy to be holding the title. He's the most high profile, you know, talented dynamic all around like five tool player, if you will, for, for, for wrestling. But yo has been doing this for an incredibly long time. And we have, we mentioned it earlier, you know, this is, this was his opportunity. If you were hungry and you know, like you wanted your opportunity to like, Hey, give me that shot. Give me the main event. I can step up to the plate. Like he understood the assignment and he delivered thoroughly. I don't know if this was like a five-star match, but it was, you know, it's like, it's one of those matches that if someone says, Hey, tell me a good Yo match or like what was one of the best matches in his catalog? I would think of this match near the top. I don't know if it's recency bias, but it showed everything that you'd ever want to see about what Yo has as a wrestler, everything that he's learned, everything that he is feels like it manifested itself in this match And, uh, you know, catalog match for him. As for Hiromu, I kind of feel like it was another day at the office for him Mm -hmm. uh, in in some ways. But his part in this story was to take a beating, look like he took a beating, and scrape out a victory at the end. And he he did exactly what he was supposed to do. And Yo looked better for it. And Hiromu, you know, did his job.
0: In November and December, we talked a lot about how Master Watto was put in a position where he needed to deliver. And if he did, he could really help his career and be seen as one of the top singles juniors. I feel like Yo was in a pretty precarious position here because if he didn't have a good match with Hiromu Takahashi, that spot was gone to Master Watto. It was done. I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know what I mean? And I think he needed next man up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if if when you saw Wado step up, and he has, and he had a really good Tokyo Dome match and a good performance in that match, even though he didn't win it, didn't have to, just needed to have a good performance. Uh, this put Yo in a spot where, geez, if I don't, they're gonna, just going to pick him whenever they need a guy from from the Hontai Chaos side. So big one for him, keeps him in the mix. Congratulations to him. Enjoyed it, uh, and like you said, I think his. If Leo Rush can give him that edge, either in a feud, if Leo turns on him, or uh, as his partner, maybe both eventually, uh, could be uh, a big help to him, uh, to somebody who is clearly physically talented, but uh, needs to connect with the fans a little stronger than he has. So uh, a good good start to that. And uh, I think he defended his position well from uh, Master Wado. I don't think his opponent was the guy across from him in the ring in this one. He needed to watch out for that spot there, I think.
1: So I don't really know what Hiromu has on his plan, but he will have the 5th and the 6th. If he's still a champion on the 6th of March, he'll probably be in the New Japan Cup anniversary bracket. So he'll have some bracketing going on there. That will leave April. April to May. May is best of the Super Juniors. Uh, If he's still champion, I would not be shocked if you either see Yo or Leo Rush as the champion. Or the winner of the best of the Super Juniors, and we kind of have a go round on this one again.
0: Yeah, that'd be fine. And uh, I, I don't think Desperado is too far away from going back up there either. It's an interesting uh, thing because uh, something needs to be done for that big Junior Heavyweight Festival that he's coming up with too. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he, now he's going to wrestle the guy from uh, from Noah for that, that. That's that's in the cards already. So that that's one he might might maybe. Uh, you know, he might might lose that one, and then it, is, it becomes a title match. You know, there's there's ways there there are things mm-hmm. that can keep homo occupied in the next few months, going and, until he gets to Super Juniors. But I'm I'm betting that uh you know that uh, by the time he gets around to Super Juniors, he'll be the champion a- again. I don't know if they'll do a thing where he'll lose the title and then have to win Super Juniors to get it back. I I feel like they're sticking with. I feel him. like he'll
1: be defending, and then he'll be the challenge. Wait, he'll lose at uh the best of the super junior final potentially and then a match at Dominion for yeah. the title against yeah. the winner. Feels Something like that. Like that. Yeah, just kinda yeah. in the in the yeah. orbit. So, so. All right. So let's talk what's next. Well, then up
0: next is the we have a couple of Road to New Beginning shows in uh, Tochigi and Nagano later on this week. Now those are mostly preview uh, tags uh, and uh, a few Young Lion singles matches on the uh, on there. So house shows, those those mm. are house shows. Now the next big event, the one that we're going to be talking about next week, is the New Beginning in Osaka on the 11th. And boy, does this look good, Jeremy? It is sold out. In the building. They uh, don't need uh, anything else, man. These people are convinced that this is going to be a good show. A cheering crowd in Osaka. Before the pandemic, Osaka was where the raucous crowds were. So I hope it's like that again. That would be great. Some really intriguing matches on this one. We have, uh, you know, special singles matches Master Wado against Taiji Ishimori. We've seen those two butting heads. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kenta is on this one. And uh, we know what happened the last time. The damn near killed each other. And uh, never open weight six-man uh, match. That has been announced that it's going to be a title match. So we'll have to find those belts that they have uh, seemed to have lost there. U-gero. I
1: hope they just pull the trigger and give them the titles, honestly. Yeah, I, yeah. It would yeah. be—it would just be fun to just, you know, like, flash win, flash pin. I feel like there needs to be a title change of some sort. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: Either, like, since Wrestle Kingdom to now. And you know what? If it's this one, fuck it. Let's do it. Look, uh, look, should have the
0: uh, the yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get to that yeah. in a second because I, I'm I'm going to roll a theory past you here in a sure. little bit uh, now, and it involves uh, this next one: Hikuleo versus Jay White. Loser leaves Japan. Now, a couple different ways this thing could go. Right? Uh, we know that there are uh, plenty of rumors swirling around that just about everybody in the world is interested in Jay White. We know that. Uh, WWE could very well be interested in Hikaleo. This could go either way. I mean, they might lose both of these guys, to be honest. I mean, it might end up happening. Huh. With this one, here's my thought on it. Jay, if Jay loses, Bullet Club tends to overthrow its leaders rather than have smooth transitions of power. It would be a stretch for Hikaleo to just beat Jay White. But if Bullet Club threw Jay White over the edge, if, say, Fantasmo or Evil or even Kenta after a big win over Tanahashi, uh, or Evil, pissed off because he lost the tag team titles, or El Fantasmo, uh, you know, uh, something like that does something. To help hikaleo wins not because they like hikaleo but because screw you jay uh <laughs> you know it's time to time to eat the t- time for the the king to go to to be uh, sent out to pasture here uh then hikaleo might win and that would and that would of course tell us that new japan isn't as confident about signing jay long term perhaps you know on the other hand they've mentioned these things about ghetto going along if going if jay goes well ghetto's a new japan booker he's not leaving japan so that kind of pokes a little bit of a hole into that theory, too. I'm leaning toward Jay winning this one, but I'm only at about 60% here. Where are you?
1: Did, did you watch the backstage for the fifth? The backstage segment for the fifth?
0: Now I'm working my way through that one. I haven't gotten all the way through it.
1: All right. so. But there, no, I think I saw there, Jay's
0: part of it, though. No, I saw Jay and Hikaleo's part of it.
1: H- Hicaleo, uh very passionate. Very passionate yes. in his promo. So, here's the thing for me. I said it before. Jay is doing the work of two men in this feud to Mm. get this over. Higaleo seems very checked out of this feud in general, which I believe may be a bit of a tell. So, for me, if Jay is putting over Higaleo and I'm going to take this guy out, or this guy is dangerous, blah, 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 blah. When Jay wins, it makes Jay seem bigger for talking up this guy that he just took out. Sure. You know, so I I still lean towards Jay is contracted until 2025. And then okay. he's doing what he does every year, which is he loses big. And then he keeps people's names in his mouth that has nothing to do with losing big at Wrestle Kingdom. Okay. So... With all the disparate factors, I kind of think Hikaleo is going to be doing the loser leaves Japan gimmick. I also have to take into mind that Jay's already got a match on the 18th, as if nothing's wrong with Eddie Kingston and San Jose. So it's just like, it feels like another day at the office. I keep using that phrase today, but for Jay White, it, you know, it's just business as usual, and I, and I feel like you know the work that he's doing extra to make this seem like a big deal tells me that he's committed to New Japan because he wants the business to be good.
0: Well, you might have just knocked my uh, confidence level up a few notches there from from sixty percent there because you make some excellent points about that. And again, Ghetto's not going anyplace. So, and, and that would also fall into the just the overall. Uh, it, it would just fit into the event because I don't think Tamatanga is going to lose. To El Fantasmo. So if right, you know, Bullet Club gets that they they keep Jay White, that's their big victory for the night. Uh, but Tomatonga is still in, a problem for them because he's I think he'll defend the title against uh ELP because I don't think they're gonna wanna change that so quickly. Not saying that ELP will never hold it. I bet he does and probably were, this year, but yeah, but just maybe not here.
1: There were so many optics about the irons and the fire. If Jay loses and ELP wins does ELP absorb J. White, the former yeah. world title holder, because ELP now has the never title and everyone behind him as yeah. the never title. And now he is the leader of Bullet Club with this, you know, highly respected title that's not the world title. You know, do you see ELP versus Okada as being like a mm-hmm. incredible feud? So not yet, like right? Thinking about like pulling that thread and thinking about down the line, of like, is it really time to, to be doing the, that the jay white is out of here and elp is time to shine maybe it is maybe maybe elp has stuff that we are completely unprepared for maybe it's not even elp maybe it's kenta mm-hmm. you know like I,
0: I just hope i hope it's jay white because i
1: think he's yeah. I think he's the best heel in the world and i want him in new japan where i can watch him like <laughs> have him here have him be able to go to aew and impact and, and yeah. ring of honor and all the other things but Jay White being Jay White in the wrestling world is a benefit to everybody.
0: I agree. I think he's, he's one of the most talented there is. And then, of course, the main event of this one, Kazuchika Okada, Okada versus Shingo Takagi for the IWGP World Heavyweight title. I think both of us feel strongly that this is a defense, a, a, a successful defense for Okada, mm-hmm. uh, especially going into the whole Noah feud right there. I don't think they're going to switch this one out. And I think they understand uh, that if if everyone kind of knows that, and I think everybody does know that, well, put Shingo Takagi in there, and at least we know we're going to get a fantastic match.
1: Yeah, you know, it's like Shingo's doing everything in his power to convince me uh, that he is going to win this match in the way that Hickawayo did not convince me that he was going to win this <laughs> match. You know, he comes out there and he he talks in the backstage segment about the disrespect of being the Kyo king of pro wrestling title holder rather than like a belt champion you know there there are uh, hints of disrespect he's like i'm going to correct you all about who i am and uh i just love watching shingo takagi talk down to everybody you know he's just (laughs) he's a he is a character and if it's not going to be naito and it's not going to be will Ospreay, you know give me a shingo takagi versus okada match any day
0: Fair enough. So we will keep an eye on that. And, of course, we're going to have full coverage of that on this show next week. And I'm really fired up about that card. I think it's top to bottom. It's going to be pretty good. So there's one person that's not going to be on it. Well, there are a lot of people who are going to be on it, aren't there? But there's one that's not going to be on it. This past week, made official what we all knew, uh, Kota Ibushi has left New Japan Pro Wrestling. I wish I knew what went wrong here because he... Signed on with the company, allegedly a lifetime deal. Obviously it wasn't, but I mean, it, it, they said that they were, you know, committed to one another and then it all just went sour after his injury in that G1 finals match against Okada. Somewhere in there, the communication breakdown between this man and the company just left a rift that neither side could repair. And instead of seeing him being part of this post pandemic cheering crowd, getting to see those matchups again and new Japan rings, he is uh, leaving and appearing for GCw which uh garbage championship wrestling and uh, wow. I, uh, well <laughs> they, the
1: quite part out loud <laughs> they they do
0: such they do so much stupid shit on those shows I've been
1: to their shows it is not my cup of tea <sighs> yeah it's not I mine understand. it's not mine
0: either that's subjective if you like but it, I don't understand
1: do it well. why people enjoy it. it's just not for me uh,
0: and so he's going to be there. He's going
1: to be with uh, somebody
0: else too. Who is it? Like, oh, Bloodsport. He's going to do Bloodsport. That is intriguing. That that's intriguing. Kotoobushi had Speedball, Mike Bailey. For years and years, Kota Ibushi was a free agent longer than he was more successful as a free agent than a lot of guys were with contracts. He spent a long time just booking himself in DDT and in. Uh, Dragon's Gate, and in New Japan quite a bit. I mean, New Japan, without a contract, put the title on him, the junior heavyweight title on him at various points, and it worked, you know, as opposed to the Carl Anderson fiasco. But it's a situation where he's done this before, so for a little while anyway, we'll only see Kota Ibushi exactly as much as he wants to be seen, and uh, he'll just work the dates he wants to. But it does feel like he's going to turn up for a major promotion pretty soon and i think we all know which one it is he's if he's not in new japan he's an aew am i right
1: i feel like yes i feel like there are going to be asterisks to that like he can't be on every show maybe yeah. uh maybe we won't get him on forbidden door unfortunately uh, yeah, yeah that one's gonna that. be a little
0: politically tricky
1: it's <laughs> gonna be there's gonna be some politics to it and so He's announced he's going to be on GCW and He He's announcing he's open his own school and he's made it clear that he's going to talk to AEW at some point once he gets his camp settled, his school settled and all this stuff. I'm with you on a double or nothing or a revolution, a major pay-per-view. He just shows up. Um, does he do it at the pay per view right before Forbidden Door and then not on Forbidden Door? Maybe that's a minefield that you don't want to cross, but mm. sooner rather than later, everything is meant to, uh, you know, tamp down the smoke a little bit that it's going to happen right away. And I think that's deliberate. I think that there's probably a reality that if he shows up, it'll be immediate and shocking. And if he doesn't, it's going to be a while, but he will be there either way. The. GCWs and the Blunt Sports and the indie wrestling spots, those those will satisfy a number of people who just want to see Kodobushi ply his craft. I want to see Kodobushi in big matches for big promotions, in big time situations that matter and feel like it is the most important thing that's happening on that day. It is very few and far between that independent promotions are able to elicit that level of... Um, relevance for me personally so you know i if it's what he wants to do after a number of years off due to injury and or the personal reasons that he has justified um okay but i hope that for my own personal benefit selfishly that i get to see him in a big-time promotion in big-time matches um that feel like it is that way or the highway in terms of consequence.
0: I am not tired at all of Kota Ibushi in New Japan. I would love to see him back. Yep, His matches against Naito are thrilling. He and Jay White had one at the Tokyo Dome, one of the better matches of the era. He and Okada, magic together. All of those matchups we've seen before, and they're wonderful, and I'd be happy to see them again. If he turns up in AEW, we could get Ibushi versus Claudio. We could get Ibushi and Brian Danielson. We could get uh, uh, the goal well, certainly that, but the interesting matchup he and Pac, you know, he and there's so many things that Darby Allen, would that would be very interesting with uh, Kota Ubushi and Orange Cassidy. Hell, we saw what, what uh, Orange did with Will Ospreay. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's there is a freshness to that that I do find a little bit exciting. If it can't be New Japan due to bad feelings on his side for sure, perhaps the company too, because he had bad feelings toward them and it's all gotten all ugly now. There is an awful lot of potential for really exciting programs and matches in AEW that I would absolutely sign up to see that we haven't seen before. We know what he can do in New Japan and one of the quickest ways to be wrong when looking at professional wrestling is using words like always and never. Mm -hmm. Things could change. He could come back to New Japan. This could work out, and and we may see him back. But if he does a year in AEW and just hits all those really cool points with uh, with some of the talent they have, it might all, it might work out okay for everybody.
1: Yeah, uh, if the fences could mend and everyone is able to cooperate with each other, and he is allowed to work alongside New Japan talent as you know a member of the AEW roster. I think that that would probably be the most ideal situation for all involved. But as cooperative as people can be in the world of wrestling, they can also be incredibly petty. So, you know, it just depends on, you know, the mood, the way the wind is blowing that day and how everybody's feeling and who said what and whose noses are out of joint. Because that's really what it comes down to in the wrestling world is who pissed off who and why can't this happen now? (laughs)
0: Plenty of that. We've run into plenty of that. Oh,
1: New Japan Strong.
0: Going to put together a school. Jeremy, what do you know about this?
1: So they have a dojo in LA. They're going to have an advanced course. And they're going to have a beginner's course. It's going to be $2,400 with a $200 discount if you pay it all up front. But hey, hey, hey. (laughs) Check this out. March 27th to June 22nd. You got like two to three sessions a week. The beginner's link is uh to DKC and Bateman coaching you. And then if you do the advanced course for this, if you really want to get into doucheban, got Kishida and Fred Rosser. Now the Fred Rosser thing I thought was really interesting because I didn't know he was a coach. Uh and it makes me think that maybe he won't be holding that strong title for uh very much longer because well, it's starting to feel like that time. And uh, <laughs> if you he, if he's doing this instead, it, it might seem like he uh, he's got enough on his plate that maybe he won't be defending that title come the event of Capital Collision and Battle in the Valley.
0: Well, you never know because the one thing about the way Strong is going is that it, similar to before, it's just going to be about one taping a month if they're going to break up into the four shows. So yeah, well, it's just, not even that. So we I yeah. did I
1: did the, did the thing last week. So they have the battle in the valley and then that's going to go, they're going to break it up into episodes, but there's nothing in April Hmm. because Capital Collision is in April and they're going to do that in May. So there are going to be gaps in the schedule. There's no longer the strong taping. It's just going to be the strong live and then strong on demand, which you're not going to be able to watch these shows on New Japan World when they air. You have to buy it on fight. Yeah. uh and then it'll be the following month will be segmented releases much like yeah. they do with access uh they did the wrestle kingdom and now the epic air on access uh, every week until they finish the wrestle kingdom it's just well, what it's i'm cool saying is if sure he... yeah
0: no as if he's if he's working on this uh this school thing he, he only has to work one show a month in order to be on new japan strong
1: as the, the champion, champion every true. So, yeah, that's it's true. interesting. It, it, it leaves the door open. It leaves the door open. Definitely a change in the strong business pattern. You know, with the training at the LA dojo, with the shows, they're they're focusing on quality instead of quantity with these shows. I know that you and I, you know, it, it would frequently make the cut or not make the cut. It was at the cusp of our shows and talking about strong because you know when there's so much to to talk about and we got you know ninety minutes to cover everything sometimes. Things just don't make the cut. So, you know, yeah. it It feels like there's going to be new shows, quality and uh, cost prohibitive is uh, the thing that they are trying to avoid. They're just trying to make sure that people can watch these shows. And if you can't watch it right away, that eventually you have an easy access to watch it.
0: So with that in mind, after this new beginning, uh, we have Fantastica Mania coming to uh, New Japan. That's off in the future, and we'll be getting into it more and more as the dates approach. But Fantastica Mania is uh, the tour they do. uh, Well, they were doing it every year before the pandemic, and the pandemic squished it for a little while. It's back, and it involves the CMLL stars. So, of course, New Japan works with several promotions uh, around the world, and CMLL in Mexico is one of them. So the Lucha Libre stars will be invading for a a brief tour that will culminate with two nights at Kodokan Hall. Uh, some exciting names on this one, Jeremy. We have uh, if you're if you're a CMLL fan at all, some of these guys are going to jump out at you because they have some of their bigger stars, Ray Comeda, uh, Dolce Gardenia, who is an Exotico. We've seen him before. <laughs> uh, the Exotico, the tradition of Exoticos, the flamboyant, uh, let's say, characters that uh, play into uh, some of the more uh, uh, comedic stereotypes and things. So it, it's it's difficult because if you just explain what this is, it sounds derogatory and it's really not the way they do it. You got to see Dolce Gardini. You'll get an, you'll get an idea. It's not, they're not, he's not playing. He's not making fun of gay stereotypes. It's really not. It's just a kind of a flamboyant. uh, Everybody's in on the joke. Over the top melodrama thing. Yeah. And uh, I'm not going to do a good job explaining it, except uh, it's the tradition in Mexico, the exotico role. Uh, A lot of companies have uh, a guy kind of playing that uh, type of part. And uh, he, do- he does it better than a lot of them. Uh, in fact, they had a thing where he was kind of crushing on Shingo Takagi in the uh, 2019 <laughs> tour and uh, spent the entire tour trying to plant a kiss on Shingo and finally did. Uh, Teton is going to be there, of course. Uh, he's, he's coming back in. Uh, he's working with LIJ. Uh, Magia Blanca, uh, Volador Jr., well, he was fantastic. And uh, boy, did he just have an incredible match with uh, New Japan's own Rocky Romero, in uh arena mexico that was wonderful people are uh, talking about
1: that match man we got it was talk great about that match. maybe we'll cover oh, that next fantastic. week
0: <laughs> yeah that's on youtube uh you should go see it atlantis i knew uh, i was
1: forgetting uh, to come to, to talk about i haven't <laughs> watched that yet well I've
0: atlantis jr is going to be on there of course his father one of the all-time uh legends of mexican wrestling right there and, and the last time he was at fantastic mania he was a kid just starting out, and he's really blossomed. This uh, talented guy, Ultimo Guerrero, who's also a legend, uh, been around forever and still wrestles at a high level. Soberano Jr., uh, Captain Cecilia, Hijo uh, del Vela. Here's a this name is a mouthful Hijo del Viano Tercera. That's the uh, son of uh, Viano number three uh who is one of the uh who's also a legend in in Mexico uh Okamura who's a, a Japanese wrestler who went on an excursion and never came back. He just liked oh. it so much in Mexico he's <laughs> been there ever since. Uh it's, it's actually very true. Uh Barbaro Cavernario, guy does kind of a Flintstones gimmick but he's really good. Uh Temporario, heard a lot of good things about that guy. He is. He's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um just comes out basically a Fred Flintstone loincloth and is like a, a caveman, but a, a good wrestler, by the way, just, a, he's a, he's a really good wrestler. Templario, Hechicero, and Mystico, who's, uh, he's had an interesting journey and we're going to get into that in a second. Uh, they're going to be an odd couples tag team tournament as part of this tour. So there's going to be some uh, people who would normally be enemies teaming with each other. Mexico likes to do that every once in a while. Mm-hmm. That's something CMLL likes to do the odd couples type of team, uh, Teton will face Soberano Jr. for the CMLL welterweight title. Teton's the current champion. I got to think since he is a New Japan, not regular, but occasioner, uh, comes in for tours that I think Teton will be made to look strong right there and probably a successful defense. And then uh, we will also see uh mistico against atlantis jr uh in uh you know, a lot of these things are the mexican wrestlers facing the new japan guys but the, we do have a couple of matches where it's a uh, uh, lucha libre versus lucha libre uh karistico uh well mistico that's what i'm getting into uh facing atlantis jr now this is going to be confusing stay with me on this one so mistico was mistico in mexico in the aughts and was one of the top draws that uh, they had seen in quite some time i mean packing arenas this guy was Red Hot as a major, major star in Mexico and, and, and in Arena Mexico and throughout Puebla and uh, other uh, city names that are difficult to pronounce. And I'm not going to butcher them here on the air. But uh, throughout the tours that CML would do, well, WWE saw this and thought, ah, yeah, this guy's <laughs> going to be great for the Latin American market. We're going to get him. And they did. So they they got him and they brought him in as the original Stincara. So the first Sin Cara, there have been two different Sin Caras, And uh, so they, they brought Mistico in as Sin Cara. So while he was being Senkara, CML all decided we need Mistico. So they got another guy and put him in a Mistico mask. So that's this right here. I'm holding it. All right I just bought this uh, actually in Mexico. This past month, there's the the, the Mestico Mass. So they said we need one of these. Dog on it. This guy sells merchandise. Now there's nobody in the hood, so they got one, and uh, they got a new guy to be Mestico. So now there's the, there's a new Mestico, uh, and he's actually the brother of uh, Dragon Lee, brother of Roosh, part of that family. The new Mestico. Well, things didn't go great with WWE as we know with Sin Never really took off. Uh, people didn't like his attitude when he first got up there because he 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 presented himself as he was, which is, I'm the biggest star in my company, you know, so I'm going to be a big star here. Didn't necessarily adapt to the style perfectly, and, of course, WWE doesn't want you to do what you do well. They want you to do what they want you to do, so instead of having him wrestle as one of the most charismatic luchadors, they had him wrestle like a WWE guy. Didn't pan out. He leaves. WWE says, well, we need a Sin Cara now, so they got a new guy to be Sin Cara, but never mind that. So he goes back to Mexico, but there's already a Mistico. So what do you do? He took the name of Caristico, which uh, is a, a yeah. mix, a mix of Mistico and Sin Cara Caristico. So now there's Mistico and Caristico, and sometimes they team together, and they got they, they they got along. Sometimes they fought. You know, over the years things happen, right? Tweedledee, so Tweedo Dub, yeah, we have Mistico <laughs> and Caristico, and uh, they they were both very very good. You know, that's the thing. So he's there, and then Mistico, the second one. The one that's related to Roosh, the one that's related, he leaves CMLL all, and just goes away. And, of course, once you leave CMLL, you are persona non grata. They're very, if you go and work for AAA especially, mortal enemy of CMLL, you're dead to them. All right? So they said, well, we still need a Mistico." <laughs> so Caristico stops being Caristico and goes back to being Mystico. Sure. <sighs> So what we're seeing here is a guy that was Mistico in the aughts, then he was Sin Cara, then he was Carístico and now he's Mistico again. Now there's the guy that used to be Mistico. The second Mistico is now somebody else and working for A. And there's another guy, the Sin Cara, but he has been kicked out of WWE too, and he's nowhere. So there's two Sin Caras. Uh, I'm losing track of how many Misticos there are. And there's the uh, uh, Point being, this is the guy from the aughts that's still Mistico, and he's back being Mistico. He's very, very good. He's going to be wrestling uh, Atlantis Jr. on this uh, tour. So that's the, the, the weaving history of the character of Mystico as, uh, as it works its way through history. So that was, uh, that's what we're in for there.
1: You forgot <laughs> about the partridge in the pear tree. The partridge in <laughs> the pear tree.
0: You're right, I did. Uh, yeah, so, ah, boy, I tell you what, once, once
1: you get a mask that sells, boy, you can't get them off of it, can you? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there's two matches that have been added to Battle in the Valley. Uh, versus Fred Rosser for mm-hmm. the uh strong open weight title, and mm-hmm. uh, that Saber Jr. has announced an open challenge for mm-hmm. the show as well. So, we might get a little 15 minute sprint. I kind of think it'll be a local talent, something like that. Maybe somebody who's uh, who who could step up to the plate on that. But, yeah. any thoughts? We already on have that? one, no, because we already have um, Okada has an open shot, like. He doesn't have an announced challenger either. Okada or Shingo. Like, right, right, Yes, but Okada doesn't have a challenger. Kibber Jr. doesn't have a challenger. I think they have challengers already lined up. It's call figured out, but that's where we're at right now so that's okay. all the new fit to print that i could think of this week you got anything more
0: no i think that's uh, i think that about covers things and like i mentioned we're going to be back here with uh, any new details that comes in on uh new japan news and uh we will have a full breakdown of what should be a wonderful new beginning in osaka on the 11th so uh we'll you can, can see our that social... and
1: we'll uh preview yeah. battle Valley next week and yeah will pretty a, much a be lot that. of cool
0: events. I mean, there really are. This is a fun time with uh, New Japan. They've spread these interesting events out very nicely to the point that they're really every week there's something to look forward to. Every, each, each weekend has something special because that battle Battle in the valley, of course, has Mercedes Monet, her first match with the company against Kyrie, which should be very, very interesting. And there's going to be other Eddie Kingston and Jay White. I'm in on that. So, a lot maybe, of fun maybe stuff. Maybe
1: we'll find out when Kenny wrestling.
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe we will. And, if, and if, if only we had someone on this show that's going to have a great seat for that thing. That I'm that taking pictures,
1: event. man. I'm going to be uploading my own pictures that week. <laughs> how cool is that going to be, man? How, I'm, how excited I'm are looking you? Forward to it. I, I'm, I've been in that building uh, a couple of times. I'm actually going the night before. I'm going to go watch who's, live, who's Line Is It Anyways Live is my Valentine's oh. Day date with my wife. So I'm cool. going to be at the Santa, San Jose Civic two nights in a row on the there 17th and the 18th. So I'm going uh, to... Yeah, set up a cot. It'd be great.
0: <laughs> so, Jeremy, for the folks that are listening and can't see you, tell them about your uh, socials, anything else you want to plug. Uh,
1: you can find me at Jer Stone. I am the co-host of this show, Speaking of Strong Style. Every so often, I will do a show called Parallel Earth with J.D. Oliva yes. from uh, Brace for Impact. And I also do all the YouTube videos for Fight Game Media. If you ever want to talk to me, I don't know why, but you can find me at Jer Feinstone <laughs> on YouTube, on Twitter. <laughs>
0: And I am at Stephen Conway, and my history website is ringsidereplay.com. So with that in mind, we're going to sign off this week for Speaking of Strong Style, and uh, we look forward to being back next week. We'll see you very soon with more coverage of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Until then, take care. We'll see you soon.